Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. second round of the cruiserweight classic i mean my favorite of course brian kendrick defeating tony nice uh I, I mean my heart goes out for brian kendrick he's my man in this tournament you know and then we had tj perkins upsetting johnny gargano with the knee bar uh he's going on to the quarterfinals it's been great so far eight of the world's best cruiserweights getting set to do battle we begin it here tonight on the cruiserweight classic and without further ado let's go to Corey graves in the cruiserweight classic control thank you gentlemen i'm here holding it all down in the cwc control room welcome to the quarterfinals we are down to the great eight eight men representing six different countries all with one goal to be the winner of the inaugural cruiserweight classic we got the mat wrestling of zach saber jr and noam dar the high flying of Rich Swan and Grand Metallic, and the striking ability of Kota Ibushi and Akira Tozawa. This round is 
going to be bonkers, okay? And our main event tonight, it's going to be the Cinderella story of the CWC. I'm talking about the Brian Kendrick looking to keep his hot streak alive against the golden star from the land of the rising sun, Kota Ibushi. It's going to be a lot easier said than done. But first, we're going to kick it all off with Kota's fellow countryman, Akira Tozawa, as he takes on the king of the ropes. What up, high fivers? It's your boy, high five Tom, and I got my uh, my brother in positivity here over in New York. Justin, how are you tonight? We are back again. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Even though we are both sitting in the same but separate meetings for forty minutes before, Zoom <laughs> uh, is a wonderful meeting. thing sometimes. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh man. But um, other than that, yeah, we are on to uh, the Sweet Sixteen. Of the cruiserweight classic. Um man, that that first round, uh, you know, it raised the bar pretty high. So we're gonna see what they got for us in the second round. So mm-hmm. but the opening match was uh the ageless one Tajiri versus Grand Metalik. Um and Grand Metalik beat uh the Chileans uh Alexander Says to get in to uh Tajiri beat Damien Slater um to come into this match and um yeah, and then um, you know, once again, listen, Daniel Bryan kind of gives us some good background. And um, I didn't realize this, but um Tajiri actually worked in Mexico for a while. Um, yeah, I didn't know that until they talked about it on commentary. I was like, did he really? Yeah, I was like, I mean, like if you look at his style, I was like, oh, that definitely makes sense. Yeah, and then they yeah, they both and they actually both I don't think they worked obviously at the same time, but both CMML, which is it's crazy to think of all the promotions in the world, CMML is the oldest. That is crazy to think of. I mean, you think, you know, I mean, well, you think everything in, you know, in Asia is older and everything. You think it'd be Japan, but I mean, I mean, almost wrestling's probably more, I mean, wrestling as this form is probably more of a North American thing, I guess. So how long have they been around for? I, you know, I'm, I better half got me this really good graphic novel. I should probably look that up, but I think it's the twenties or thirties. I think. Wow. Yeah. Well, uh, I will, um, don't let me forget that. I will look that up and we'll get an actual, an actual answer to that for next week. So I'm going to look it up myself. Cause I want to, I want to know now. Yeah. Cliffhanger, everybody. Ooh, look at us being podcasters and everything. So <laughs> how old is C- the CMML wrestling promotion? <laughs> My wife's like, uh, I don't know. Um, yeah um another thing is um marl brought up you know that oh this is kind of a cool fact so marl brought up that metal league kind of like um expanded metal leaks eye um eye holes Mm -hmm. um yeah to you know that's that's seeing now it's little stuff like that like me we're not going to notice that right marl you're the man dude yeah because obviously tachiri's got those kicks Oh my god! Yeah, Some of like, the most stiff kicks I've ever seen. Yes, but and he's forty-five. I mean, he's my age right now, so. Um, I swear he doesn't age. He doesn't no, age. Not at all. And um, I've said this before, and I'll probably say it again with this tournament. Um, but you know, you know, the old saying is styles make fights, and this right. was very two very very different but similar styles, and they worked mm-hmm. magic. Um, was pretty awesome. So, 
yeah, I enjoyed this match. I even forgot how good this match was until I rewatched it. And I'm like, yeah, the, 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 the Lucha Libre style mixed with the, the, the Japanese strong style, like Tajiri does just. Yeah. Wonderful yeah. mesh together. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. And, um, you know, and kudos to Grand Metal League. 1933, huh? 1933 CML started. Wow. Yeah. So, and, you know, you'd think maybe longer, but, I mean, you know, I mean, because they were wrestling in tents back then, but, you know, that's kind of how, it, yeah, 1933. I found, something older, I found something older than my dad. Holy shit. Uh, wow. letter, letter Ralph fought in the General Obregon of the Mexican Revolution before becoming a property inspector for the tax department. And in 1929, that job brought him to Ciudad Juarez, where he fell in love with American professional wrestling. It mostly occurred when foreign promoters came to town and thus was popular in border towns like Juarez. Uh, in 1933, Letter Roth took professional wrestling from regional to national, funding Empresa Mexicana de Lucha Libre in Mexico City, now known <laughs> as Consuelo Mundial, <laughs> Mundial de Lucha Libre, and it is the oldest still active wrestling promotion in the world. Huh. Fantastic. Thank you, Sunshine. So. We yeah. need the, the more you know star for my yeah. bad Spanish pronunciation. Yeah, it's a really good graphic novel, Justin. You ever get a chance to pick that out? So, what's that it's called? Um, the comic book story of professional wrestling. Yeah, did you hear that? The comic book story of professional wrestling. Okay, that's really yeah. By actually. Aubrey Sederson and Chris Moreno. Okay. Sorry, I'm putting my finger in. Oh it. yeah. <laughs> oh wait, there you go. Nope. There we go. You got to put it by you. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's Fantastic. really dope. So, yeah. Fantastic. It goes over all the wrestling. So, thank you, Sunshine. Um, but yeah, but yeah, so, and then back to the match. So, I mean, um, you know, Metal Leak, I mean, he, he struck with Tajiri, too, in this match. Mm-hmm. Oh, he went blow for blow. And um, Tajiri working the ground, like the, the mat game was pretty interesting. Yeah. I mean, they both kind of adapted to the other style, which I always kind of enjoy when that happens. So um, let's see here. And uh, I really, you know, a lot of innovative moves. Um, I loved. So Grand Metal League goes for the baseball slide outside into Jerry's ducks. <laughs> yeah. Slides right over him. I'm like, you know, it's little stuff like that that just makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, Oh yeah, that Macho Man. So yeah, then um, Grand Metal League. So yeah, they they battle back and forth. Um, and Tajiri's really whipping the piss out of, of Metal League for the most part in this match. Um, but he did get some get some offense in. But that that Macho Man album that hit or elbow that he hit from like yeah. the middle of the ropes, not from the corner. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. So um, That's what he was winning matches with for the longest time when he was oh. still around before he got released. Really? So that's good. So that's like his thing, huh? Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, yeah, I was kind of looking back. I really do kind of need to revisit um, Tajiri and Super Crazy. I mean, those two. Oh, up, yeah. yeah. So good. But yeah, really, at the uh, at the end of the day, um, you know, Tajiri really just kicks head of Leak, Metal Leak's head off a few times, but he showed a lot of heart. Um, and then to finish up the match, uh, Oh yeah, it's, let's. I don't even know what that means. 
my notes say that pinned into some kind of submission thingy it was beautiful metalik getting out of it so um yeah i mean to jury run the mission but um yeah end of the match the jury misses a kick um and then metalik gets a screwdriver out to jury and uh metalik advances to face on the winner of um jack gallagher and tozawa um, now this is kind of one of the gripes i've got to jury, you know, I, I try to keep it positive. And maybe, I mean, maybe there's a reason for this. I don't know. I mean, I'm just a mark. I don't know, you know, psychology. But to is whipping the piss out of him for 90% of the match. And Metal League gets one move on him and gets the pin. I mean, yeah. are, are they just trying to say that, you know, Tajiri wore himself out beating him up? Or I don't know. I mean, that's an interesting way to look at it because he did kind of dominate him for like a good portion of it, like near the end there. Yeah. And then interesting all of a sudden, way to look at um, it. you know, and th- and that, and that's happens a couple times in, in the, especially that for uh, first episode and a half, it was just like, really? I mean, it kind of gave away the ending. I don't know. It just kind of soured me, you know, maybe somebody smarter than me, which is most people, um, you know, let me know if the psychological reason for doing that. So I know they're trying to have the underdog, you know, get the big win, but you know, but I do have to say, uh, one thing I'm very happy about, there's lots of codes of honor in this tournament. Yes. So no matter what company they're shaking hands for, Justin, I'm going to call the code of honor regardless. So oh, I, I completely agree with that. I like that. I like how you stick with that. Cause I like yeah. that. Being it having it being called that, yeah. Um, so but yeah, I mean, they shake hand. I mean, how could you not? Um, Tajiri, man, 45 years old, had a great run. Um, did he so, stick around so at all? Underrated, so underrated, yeah. I mean, because I mean, he doesn't cut promos because he doesn't speak very, at least I'm assuming that so. Just just um, before this match, though, they had the video where he was speaking, and I was just like, I think yeah. that's the only time I've ever heard Tajiri speak, yeah. Um, super, yeah, super nice guy. But did he do much in the E after this, or um, when 205 Live came around, he had one match and that was it. Okay, yeah, I think he says he's he was on the debut. She was on the debut show, he had one match against Sean Maluda and then won that. He won that and then sprayed Brian Kendrick in the face with green mist, and that was it. No, that's, that's a good way to go out. Perfect. But yeah, I think he's running. I don't know if he's running his own promotion or for, I think he's, I know he's pretty active. I just don't think he's in the ring. So no, he was. Yeah. Recently. Well, I mean, like, still, yeah, no, I think he still is right now. Like I just, like oh, I really? said, recently, I think I just saw him uh, teaming up with great Muda somewhere. Oh, nice. Cause I think, well, Muda was just the, was it Noah champion? I think. Maybe. Is he really? Yeah. That's amazing that he's still wrestling, too. Well, I mean, the Japanese got to figure it out, man. These guys wrestle. And I don't get it. Like, you see their style, and they beat the living shit out of each other. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, for, for like, for real. You know, for real, for real. I mean, like, a guy like Minoru Suzuki. This right? Oh, my God. And that dude fought in Pride Championship MMA for 10 years. It's just like the work ethic of these, you know, these guys is just unparalleled. So, um, well, and speaking of Japanese wrestling and unparalleled, 
And people, <laughs> you know, and a man that's probably got less fat in his whole body than I've got in my pinky. <laughs> and he's a handsome, handsome man. Uh, but the legendary Kota Bushi versus Cedric Alexander. Here it is. Here it is. You know, I, the first thing I got in my notes is Justin. We have Kota Bushi on our screens right now. Mm. So happy to see that. Uh, <laughs> you know, and I, I don't know if, if, if I don't know. We'll, we'll get into the match, but uh, yeah. Once again, um, we get this. You know, we get the Japanese strong style and the versus. You know, Cedric's American indie style. You know, I don't say it when see um, Cedric Curley kind of wrestles the. You know the American strong style, like a, a Gargano or Champa, but it's definitely that indie PWG style. Yeah, dude, flies, man. Like I said, I mean, he gets some height, man. Um, I still remember Brian talking about how they said how he cut twenty two pounds to get there. Yeah, I didn't realize it doesn't look like it. Yeah, no way. The yeah, guy's he- in such hella great shape. Like I was just like, how the hell did he need to drop twenty two pounds? Like that's insane. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, going into this match, I said, um, I was torn. I mean, most of these matches, I mean, I'm kind of like, okay, I know who I want to win, but this is a dead heat. I mean, either, yeah. either way they go. So I still um, remember watching this live and just, I'm like, I, I don't care who wins this. Just, I it can't make me pick one right now. Yeah. You know, like the old sayings that goes, you know, you know who wins this match is the fans. And we did. Um, yeah, I mean, 22 pounds. He didn't look like it at all. And, uh, yeah, it sounds like Cedric was a D1 on uh, recruit in wrestling, too. So, um, yeah, on to the match. I mean, I, this match did not just dis- disappoint. I mean, there's not much to say besides it, it ruled ass. Um, I love this match so much. This is the one that everybody talks about still. Yeah. Every time. Yeah, and it was and it was cool that I mean they gave it so much time too because it was you know this episode was just these two matches, you know. Yeah. So when I saw that I was like, oh sweet, um, yeah. They let they gave it time to breathe and now uh, they they meshed well. You know, I was kind of wondered, um, you know, I know there's wrestling speak, but I mean when there's a language barrier, I don't know how these guys t- tell it in the ring. That's what I was wondering myself. I was like, how in the world do they call this? How do they call this? Like, does Ibushi understand that? And how does he like communicate back to him? Like, is his English pretty good? Like, you know, at the time, like it was confusing. I know. So I, you know, who knows? But I mean, I mean, Ibushi's probably, you know, it looks like a pretty smart dude. So he probably speaks, you know, enough English to get through probably maybe, but yeah, who knows? Um, but yeah. I mean, in how they don't sign Ibushi. I, I, I still never understood that. You know, Dan, do you remember those rumblings where they were talking about an NXT Asia too? You know, yeah. Talking, yeah so there was NXT um, Japan. Yeah. NXT Japan was coming around at one point and it was like, yeah, I thought they were, I thought they had that locked in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it sounds like Triple H is trying to expand again. So maybe they were going to try to get, I mean, especially now with, you know, AEW, lighting a fire under their ass in this big, you know, forbidden door thing. We'll see what happens. And, you know, Abushi's a free agent. Well, I think he's a free agent after that whole thing. But, uh, I mean, he trans, I mean, yeah, he's over, he was over with the crowd. 
Um, but obviously, the, I mean, the Cruiserweight Classic, to this crowd, I mean, it's an NXT crowd. It's a little more smirkier, like, you know, like like us, mm-hmm. you know. So, I, you know, um, it'd be interesting to see if Abushi could translate to the you know, main roster. Obviously, it's going to fit in, in NXT. Well, even NXT nowadays, I don't know. Hmm. So, yeah. I mean, my concern is, is if you think about it, you got to look at it and just go look at Nakamura, look at Kushida, and then go, yikes. Kushida. How? How? Is How? Right. You know, and it's, yeah, but, you know. I mean, I mean, at least we got a good, we got an amazing, we got an amazing Walter match before he turned to Gunther. Yeah. Even before the pan, that was before the pandemic. We yeah. had the, the incredible match with Johnny Gargano. Like, yeah. so it's, he had, he had the matches. So yeah, that's all I needed. Yeah. And Kushida's kind of um, a nostalgia wise because the first non WWE match I saw in 2015 uh, when I got back into wrestling was actually, I think it was best of the super juniors, the final, but it was Kushida versus Kyle O'Reilly. It's oh, amazing. And I ain't never seen no shit like that before. I just, um, listen, I, I just happened to turn it on. Like I said, it was, it was on, and um, new Japan was still on access TV. And mm-hmm. I was just like, what the fuck am I watching? Wow. Um, yeah. And that was, so uh, Kushida always had a, a special place in my heart. And I mean, he's going to land on his feet. So, um, yeah, but back to the match. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I just matched it down at this point. Oh, I do want to say that they um, actually had an ad in here for uh, the Universal title match between Seth Rollins and Finn Balor. Yep. So, kind of funny. So, um, yeah, and let's not bring this up. I had it later in my notes, too. But um, and SummerSlam was the first uh, WWE pay-per-view back that I watched in real time. So that was another kind of like ah moment for me. So uh, <laughs> I'm a dork, Justin. You know that at this point. So yeah. Was... Um, but yeah, back to the match. Um, Cedric, dude gets his head kicked off a couple times. Yeah. You know, and listen, even Daniel Bryan mentioned it. I mean, they're about five minutes in, and Daniel Bryan's like, "Yeah, we're five minutes in," and Abushi finally lands that kick. Yeah. And, uh, but dude, yeah, Cedric, a lot of heart. You know, kept fighting. Uh, a lot of near falls. You know, yes. and uh, near falls is one thing. Um, actually, there's a couple. I have a couple of other wrestlers um, later on in the event, but the Japanese have really mastered that near fall. Yeah. Um, you know, the false finishes have gotten a little crazy in, in certain styles, but they make it very, very believable. Yes. It's part of the story. Um, so, and uh, yeah, they did it perfectly this time. So. But yeah, towards the end of the match, um, you know, Cedric goes to the double foot stomp off top, um, and he misses. And once again, like we talked about, he sells the miss. You know, he's acting like he's gonna hit it. Um, but yeah, he misses and Mushi gets a head or uh Bushi hits uh gets the head kick, um, throws a snap German suplex. Snap German, oh my god. It's like wow. Um, you know, I wonder, you know. Where Kenny Omega learned that snap suplex from. <laughs> um, yeah, and then uh, Bushi hits the power bomb for the win, and, and you know, and Daniel Bryan and Morrow pretty much just lose their shit. You know, uh, it's, I did too. I did too. Oh, and rewatching that, yeah, and rewatching that power bomb, 
it is impressive. I mean, because he does obviously lift him up higher. And I mean, mm-hmm. really the only person I've ever seen do that like that was the Undertaker. Yeah. Um, and the Undertaker. His, is, so his isn't a sit down. His isn't a sit out style. That's his true, is- too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, um, great match. Awesome. Um, yeah. And then he's a Kobushi's going to be facing the winner of uh, Tony Nice versus the Brian Kendrick. Yep. Um, end of the match. I, I love the end of the match. I mean, yes. Cedric, man. I mean, he he let it all on the table, and um, yeah, just him. You know, he wasn't crying, but he was close. You know, and I uh, almost missed that live when yeah. I watched it because as soon as it ended and they put it up there, and then they put the graphic up, and I got ready to turn it off, but then they stayed on it, and I was like, "Whoa, I almost missed this. What's going on here?" Nice. You know, and I, I love stuff like that. Um, you know, it's it's still real to me, damn it. You know, like the old saying goes. Um, and, and classic, you know, Daniel Bryan brought it up. You know, is this is a classic case of losing a match but getting over. Yes. Yeah, because the crowd was, yeah, so it's Cedric, he's still with the WWE, right? Yeah, he's still with them. Okay. Yeah. You know, hopefully I do something because he's married to uh, Big Swole. Oh, is that who it is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Cedric. I'm, I'm a fan of his. You know, I just, you know, watching him with Caprice Coleman, you know, in Ring of Honor. Um, yeah, I'm a fan. This match lived up to the hype. And like you said, you know, we're still talking about, I mean, people still talk about six years later. Yeah. So. It's, it's, it's a match that never will be forgotten because it's such yeah. an amazing match. Yeah. And, and hopefully it's a, the kind of match that, I mean, I would bet that's, I mean, a lot of people like you and I that may have not been exposed, you know, to Japanese wrestling, um, like, wow, is this, they, they do this all the time. So it was one of my, it was my earlier, like getting, like getting into like new Japan a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And it was such a good time too, man. That, that 13 to 17 new Japan run was, was pretty, I, I need to dig into that. So. All right. Well, Justin, our next match we've got, we've got um, someone who's starting to grow on me more. Uh, Noam Dar versus Ho-Ho Loon. Um, yes. You know, um, great match. Um, yeah, once again, the, the you know, the SummerSlam pay-per-view ads like we talked about earlier. Um, but yeah, <laughs> in the beginning, Ho-Ho Loon talks about the story where he wanted to be a wrestler so he mm-hmm. signed up for a judo class. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't realize it was a judo class for like a year. I love that. Um, I went to classes for a year, and then I found out that it was judo. And I was like. <sighs> yeah, so it, I mean, it gave him some depth. You know, obviously, with the language bear and culture bear, it was it was a nice little vignette. Was was pretty awesome. So, um yeah, I, I hope he's doing well. I know he didn't do much in WWE, but, I mean, he's got his own federation in Hong Kong, and hopefully, you know. That's still not, going. Hopefully. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure um, him and Colt Cabana are good friends, and I'm pretty sure he's had Colt mm-hmm. over a couple times. I think. Don't quote me on that. Um, you know, maybe one of the high fivers will let me know. So, um, But, uh, yeah, so Noam Dar, he defeated uh, Gurf Sierra. And uh, Ho-Ho defeated Ari Davari, in which we both thought was an upset. Yeah. Uh, you know, we definitely thought Ari's probably going to go pretty far. But, uh, dude, Noam Dar, that 
motherfucker's only 22 years old. At the time, yeah. Amazing. He's so good, though. Yeah, in everything. Um, he's just, I mean, I was like, you know, and he gets spots here and there still. Um, cause he's, is he still with, um, cause he's in NXT UK, right? Yeah, he's still there. Okay. Cause he came over here a couple times, didn't he? I thought I said, um, um spots here and there, but yeah, he came over to regular NXT for a little bit. You know, I, mean, I, know, I know, I know they featured him a lot on 205 Live, though. They did. Yeah. At the time. But then they they moved him like over to NXT for a little bit, but then he went over to NXT UK and that's where he stayed pretty much so far. But dude, I think he tra- I think his I think he translate well to the main ro- roster someday. That that cocky, you know, Scottish English, you know, thing he's got going mm-hmm. on. So um yeah, uh, early in the match, um, they traded a couple. Um, this is kind of fun. They both traded a couple one counts right off the bat, like within mm-hmm. five minutes of the match. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like I said, the crowd's pretty smarky. Um, Ho-Ho is super over. Um, mm-hmm. Goddamn Star Wars chant. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> I mean. I love that. When I they know, start I doing was... the dar, 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 and I'm like. I love it. And I don't, I don't get it. I, 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 I would understand he would probably love it too every time. I know. I was bummed I was watching and the wife wasn't home. I would be like, Sunshine, listen to this. It's Darth Vader <laughs> on our TV. So, um, <laughs> whole, whole, you know, uh, kudos to the crowd. I mean, they've been into this the whole time. Um, and it's yes. been, it's been, that's been another big aspect. Um, you know, I'll get more into like the production and other stuff too, but you know, kudos to this crowd. Um, loved it. This so. was full sale. It was full sale time. Yeah. Still time. So it was like the NXT crowd. Yeah. So you got an NXT crowd from back then and you got them watching the cruiserweight classic and they're just like, they were always into it. And that was one thing why I always loved older NXT also yeah. more than I like, like, 2.0, like I like 2.0, don't get me wrong. Right. But I like like the original black and gold NXT more because yeah. to me it was different. That's why. That's yeah, I mean, compared to like the main roster shows, NXT was different. So that's yeah. why it was always better. Yeah, that full sale crowd was was another character in itself. Oh, always. So okay, yeah, so that makes sense. Yes, yeah, so they would still be yeah, it makes sense they'd be filming this in full sale. Why the fuck wouldn't you? That's dumb. Duh. <laughs> I mean, because they did such a good job of redoing the ring, you know, and and everything. It doesn't look like full, you know, but you know. Yeah, it's just angled different. It's just yeah. instead of it being dead center on the one side, it's over to the side. That's one thing I'll give Vince. Well, I mean, there's a lot of things to give Vince McMahon credit for, but I mean, uh, well, more Triple H, but I mean that like the the black and gold, they everything was separate. The 205 had a, a completely different mm-hmm. set, you know, and you know, every, you know, Raw and SmackDown are completely you know down to the you know to the uh, turnbuckles in the ring, you know, and the ropes and everything. So um, 205 Live was always just right after SmackDown, so it was yeah. always perfect. They gave, it gave them time to change the ropes, prep the ring, see who was still staying for the show, like. Yeah, so good, you know. And listen, this time, yeah, I didn't even think it was full sale, but yeah, you're totally right. So, um, yeah, I mean, at the at the end of the day, these two are both super fucking quick. 
So obviously the match is going to be, I mean, it was a very quick pace match. Um, yeah. yeah. But then Darge does slow it down, starts working the knee, you know, more great storytelling, um, you know, and it whole with that pile driver, um, Look a little scary. driver, yeah. Yeah, I was like, ooh. That um, was one of the better-looking Michinoku drivers that you see now than you see nowadays. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then uh, whole actually, he gets a pin attempt um, on Noam Dar, but it was cool because, I mean, he couldn't get both feet down because his knee yep. hurt. Um, great story. I said, little details like that. I'm a mark for stuff like that. You know, great. and obviously, Morrow and Daniel kind of, you know, telegraphed it, but you know, it was fun. Um, but yeah, and then Luna, he, he fought hard, but uh, Nuam Dar just grabs that knee, he basically twisted it off. Yeah, uh, that, that knee bar is painful looking. Yeah, um, and then the first time, you know, I, I kind of griped, so this time it was the guy that did most of the offense won, you know, so I wasn't as, you know. Like Kota Bushi and Cedric, that was a lot more even matched. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one was, I mean, it was definitely the whole got his shit in, uh, but Noam Dar was pretty much in, in charge the entire time. And then uh, Noam's going to uh, wrestle either ZSJ or Drew Gulak in the next round. Um, <sighs> and we will know by the end of this episode, but I'm not going to spoil it quite yet, but either way, I mean, dude, either way, yeah. Um, what they call it the, oh, the great eight. So, yes. you know, uh, but before, uh, before we get to that, um, we get Akira Tozawa versus Jack Gallagher. And then, uh, you know, I got my notes here for the 10th time this week. I'm going to say it styles make fights once again. Yes. <laughs> um, but I, I love my, I love my British strong style. Um, and I love my Japanese drunk. So whenever I see these two mix and um, these two such nailed it. A, such a great mesh of styles. Fucking nailed it. Gallagher, man. I mean, for as bad, bad of a motherfucker as that guy is, he was super entertaining in this match. Oh, very. And yeah. I love how he doesn't stay that way. Yeah. It's at the point where Tazawa gets him that yep. where he gets set off. And I love that. Yeah. He, yeah. He flipped that proverbial switch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, my nose too. Not gonna be a lot of f- finesse in this <laughs> match. So, and oh. there sure shit wasn't. So, um, I mean, the crowd at one point was chanting, "He's so dapper" to Jack yeah. Gallagher. And I love that. <laughs> Wonderful. You know, he's such a pale motherfucker too. Jesus. Um, which just makes those chop. If you look past all, if you look past all the bad stuff and just. Think and just think about how good he was in the ring. My God. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, being so pale, I mean, it makes those chops. I mean, yeah, his, yeah, his chest is beat ass red. So, um, I do love style right there, though. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Oh, I love Seamus. Um, Me too. I'd love to drink a beer with that guy someday. So, we just get throw that out into the universe. So, he looks like an awesome guy that just kick back and just drink a beer with. Yeah, and someone starts some shit, you know, he's going to have your back. So, um, <laughs> and um, I do love, uh, you know, they called out Raleigh Fingers. Raleigh Fingers is a former Milwaukee brewer with the mustache. So, um, and then, uh, oh, that was great that, uh, you know, kind of early in the match, uh, Gellhart gets that British figure four on Tazawa. 
Because uh, I was like crawling and like his reaction to it was great. I mean, it was stuff yeah, like that. angled perfectly so he could just turn and then yep. wave at him like. Yep. Um, <laughs> you know, like you said, play, play, playing the sports entertainer. So um, fucking loved it. Um, but yeah, but was, yeah, Gal, he's a Gal. I mean, he's obviously a catch as catch can expert. I mean, the dude, he put him in a goddamn pretzel. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he put him in the, that's the paradise lock. That's the movie yeah. Sonata does. And I laughed and I was like, we just saw the paradise lock. Yeah. In WWE. I'm like, I can't believe I didn't recognize that. Yeah, it was, uh, um, it was great. I mean, like, yeah, obviously I was, I couldn't remember who, yeah, it was Sonata. That's who did it. Um, ah, it's so Sonata. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and Tadala did a great job last that he definitely, he took all that offense and he gave it right back, um, you know. And then once and again, we've got an injury, uh, an injury, or you know, injury storytelling. Um, one thing that, that always kind of baffled me um, is a German suplex. A German suplex, if it's done by someone that's not from Germany. See, I've wondered that myself. I don't know how you label it a German suplex if it's from somebody from some different place like that. So. You know, I think they want to rename it. So, I mean, and there are some sweet ass ones in this fucking match. Jesus. Oh, yeah. I love the thing that sets off Jack Gallagher, though. The thing that Tazawa does when yeah. they get in the chop battle and the forearm battle, and he does that fake out yeah. and then gives him a punch and it sets him off. Like, after that, I'm like, I love that fake out so much. It makes me laugh every time I see it. I'm just like, how does anyone fall for it? But when they yeah. fall for it, it's hysterical. Yeah, it was um, and like you said, and then Galher he flipped that switch, you know, he, he got down to brass tacks. So um, he's like he said, if they keep a gentleman style like I do, then it's oh. all fine. But as soon as if you don't, here comes a different side of me. Yeah, um, yeah. Towards the end of the match, uh, goddamn headbutt though. Um, oh, it's still the like worst that. part is it got worse. It got more devastating later on like yeah. earlier like in the earlier parts of the tournament you see it and he just puts his hands up every time he does it yeah but later on when he was in 205 live and doing it he was uh-huh. legit just throwing a headbutt like stiff uh-huh. headbutt with nothing blocking it and i'm like yeah no don't do it uh so um but yeah yeah i get um goes to the headbutt um knocks his eyes out he goes for submission uh, and then Tazawa just rolls him up. Um, oh, wait, no, see, yeah, yeah Gallagher, yeah, Gallagher rolls him up. Tazawa kicks out. Gallagher goes for the lariat. Oh, yeah, Gallagher goes for the lariat. Tazawa ducks. Uh, um, Gallagher gets a sweet, it's uh, wicked snap German suplex. Um, but yeah, and then um, Tazawa is deadlifting him for like a good 30 fucking seconds, kind of lifting him back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, he yeah, grabbed the he, leg too. He hooked the leg like to make sure he wasn't going to get him over, but Tazawa yep. is too strong, yeah. So, that I mean, that's impressive. I mean, yeah, Gallagher's not the heaviest dude, but dude, I mean, picking that guy up probably what, four or five times, you know, yeah. but yeah, and then he finally gets him over, and then uh, we get Tazawa for the one, two, three. So, next such round, a pretty German every time, yeah. So next uh, next round we get to Zowell versus Grand Metal Leaks. We have our first full uh full, full first matchup. So uh then the next match uh match we've got uh 
the supreme athlete, Tony Nice and all of his abs uh, with the Brian Kendrick. And um, actually, real quick, Justin, we should probably take a fuck you Zoom break real quick. Right. Um, so we will be right back, high fivers. What up, high fivers? We're back from our uh, fuck you Zoom break. Uh, we are good to go. So um, Justin, my good friend here. Next, we've got, um, like we talked about before the break, uh, the premier athlete, Tony Nice in all of his abs versus the Brian Kendrick. Um, dude, I love that the Brian Kendrick thing. I, re- I really do. I do too. It's wonderful. So, um, but unfortunately, I was kind of doing some digging. The result for this match kind of got spoiled for me. Um, but it was still it was still awesome to watch, regardless. Um, you know, Tony Nice just you know Brian Daniel Bryan talking. You know, Tony Nice he moves like a cruiserweight and hits like a heavyweight. But dude, he wasn't lying. Yeah, yeah. Tony Nice did some shit that you know dudes his size are not supposed to be doing. So um, the guy's standing. Yeah. Um, and man, I hope Tony Khan gives him a legit, legit shot. Um, you know, that's another story. Well, I say it all the time. So we shall see. Um, I think the pairing with Mark Sterling could do really good for him, honestly, but it's just, will Tony Khan do anything with it? Dude. Um, Mark Sterling. Um, we're going to totally go off topic here for a second, but did you see uh, Mark Sterling's ads for like anyone that's been beat up by Wardlow? No, but I've heard, I heard about it. Uh, thanks to Ted, the hillbilly heel. Oh my God. Love it. That sounds incredible. That, that, that is awesome. So, so any security guards that have been beat up by Wardlow, it's just, Oh, so, um, that's wonderful. Yeah. Kudos to my star, um, smart Mark. So, um, right. Yeah, but uh, back to the match. Obviously, um, there's a draft, uh, drastic difference in weight between these two. Um, and dude, and Tony Nice, he started off with a ball fire. Um, you know, so and he's, you know, he was like, uh, my notes got deleted for this, so I'm kind of winging it. So sorry about I mean, that. I um, mean, just you know, just think of the start right there. Kendrick tries to go full steam ahead and gets his head kicked in already. Yeah. Um, you know, and a great back and forth and through this whole tournament. Like, I mean, obviously the, the weight differences aren't going to be super, super huge. Like you're going to have, I mean, you're not going to have, you know, Wardlow versus Marco stunt, but they do play the smaller guy versus the, the bigger guy pretty well in this tournament. And this is a great example of it. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, Kendrick gets his head kicked in a bunch of times. Um, but I love the part where, where he tied Tony niece up in the turnbuckle. <laughs> oh Yeah. I've never seen there. somebody do that, but that was incredibly clever. Yeah, j- just makes sense, um, you know. And uh, Tony Nice trained by Mikey Whipcrack. I, I talked about that earlier, and uh, I, I love all the Mikey Whipcrack guy. That guy just turned out talent like nothing else. But um, yeah, I mean, this man obviously Daniel Bryan's putting over Kendrick huge. Um, you know, they had their first match together. They lived together. Uh, traveled some of the same roads. Um, but Kendrick, I mean, at the end of the day, the Wiley veteran, yeah, he got the living shit kicked out of him. Um, but he just he used the smarts. And I did really like um he gets that bulldog choke on Nice, but Nice is so strong he powers out of it the first time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then uh the end of the match now I remember. So um yeah, once again, Tony Nice he goes for the 450. 
uh, but he sells it. You know, yes. he doesn't move like he's going to hit it. You know, and there's a lot of that in this tournament, and I fucking love it. Uh, but Kendrick moves out of the way, and, man, he nailed that bulldog choke on that dude, right? and he, he's tapped right the fuck out. I love that transition into it, the way he lets him flop in the in the 450 and doesn't give him time to, like, even react to it. Yeah. It's just bulldog choke. And I'm like, smart, Kendrick, smart. Yeah, and it's believable. And it's believable. I mean, like, I mean, you know, you could see uh, a guy like Kendrick beating him that way. Um, so, yeah, kudos to those guys, man. Another great match. Um, Brian Kendrick, man, making, them, making some noise. Yes. You know, so um, we'll see what happens because he does face uh, Kota Bushi in the next round. So he had a lot of belief that he was going to go far early on. So, yeah. And he, uh, he didn't get, did he win the Cruiserweight Championship later on? Actually, no, he didn't. Okay, but he had a couple of decent title match. I mean, he had a pretty good run for a while on 205 Live, didn't he? Oh, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah. I think him and Nice, I think him and Nice actually paired up on 205 Live for a little bit, too. So, ooh, ooh, it was a good little pairing. It was a good little pairing. Yeah, that sounds like a good team. Um, But then we get a quick ad, or not ad, but a little promo, but uh, the Orange County Choppers made the trophy. Mm-hmm. So I forgot that they were probably a big thing at that time. So um, next match we got Justin, my friend, the Golden Lynx, Lince Dorado. This one, oh, I love this match. Yep, um, very evenly matched. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, and back to what I was bitching about earlier with with um, Neeson Kendrick. This time you could see the guy from underneath getting his ass kicked, but pulling off that one move and getting mm-hmm. that was a bit more believable. So maybe I'm kind of lo- loosening my stance there a little bit. So, okay. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> so, but dude, yeah, these, these two, um, is as evenly matched as you're going to get in this tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, because it sounds like they've wrestled each other a bunch. Um, yeah, yeah, they so kept saying that they wrestled each other, the, each other a couple times, and I'm like, the only place I could think of is like PWG at any point. Yeah, well, yeah, they said Armory, so yeah, that would make sense. So, um, yeah, and, and it showed, um, you know, and uh, I do love, you know, Rich Swan's trying to do the dance, Lindsay won't do it, let him do it, and then he busts out his own dance, <laughs> and then Lindsay does it too. Yeah. <laughs> So oh. funny that that mix with the that weird submission move that Swan does. Mm. Let's say gets out of it, and the crowd starts doing the "What the hell was that? What the <laughs> hell was that?" And I'm like, that is so good. Yeah, um, yeah, and this match the whole time. Back and forth, exchanging the upper hand, you know, Lindsay get the upper hand, Swan would come back. Swan get the upper hand. Um, yeah, is yeah, their their chemistry definitely showed in this match. So um, and I do love how at the beginning, obviously, they're both, you know, high flyers for the most point, uh, super quick, but it turned out to an all-out slugfest. Yes. You know, three minutes of them just punch each other, and the old we're getting tired, and then we're gonna punch each other again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know why, but I, I mark out every time I see somebody do that. Oh, I love that too. Don't worry. I, you're, I'm in that same boat. Every time yeah. I see that little thing where they get in the slugfest 
they get exhausted and I'm like, okay, here we go. And then they just start going at it again. And I'm like, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Um, Kyle O'Reilly's a master at that, by the way. Um, the Kevin Owens, Sammy Zayn also for me. Like when they, when they're throwing, when they're throwing slugs at each other and all of a sudden they just grab each other and just start throwing bombs at the same time. I'm just like, you get me, you get a quick pop for me for that one. Those two are just, magic destined to fight and be friends forever yeah yeah for yeah forever so and um i got a confession to make here justin rich swan that goddamn standing 450 thing of fucking beauty um so good let's say had it scouted though yeah um yeah the first time um you know and once again both the both guys sold their misses um Mm -hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Every time it happens, I'm gonna keep talking about how much I love it. Um, yes. But yeah, and then um, yeah, and then Swan hits the um, the Phoenix Splash, which is basically yeah. like a corkscrew 450, whatever the fuck it was. Yep. The only person I know that can hit the freaking Phoenix Splash, him and now Nathan Frazier in NXT. Oh, really? Like, only people I know of that I've ever seen that can ever hit the, the, the Phoenix splash. Except for maybe Kota Ibushi too, because I've seen him do it occasionally. But other than that, like the only other person I ever see do it is like Seth Rollins and he never hits it ever. Um, yeah. So I just wondered who the Phoenix is of the Phoenix that, that created that. So unless, I mean, does it count if it doesn't happen in Phoenix? I don't know. <laughs> 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 yeah, but this is the first time I've noticed it. And God damn, Jesus. It's a beautiful move. Yeah. Yeah. Thing a thing of fucking beauty. So Rich Swan, I want you to heal someday, but you are you are you are turning on me. So um, <laughs> yeah, and then Rich Swan goes on. I'm uh, obviously gets the one, two, three, and then he's gonna face the winner of uh, TJP versus jo- um Johnny Gargano. Yes. So, which will be a legendary matchup, with, uh, whatever they, way they go with it. So, next, Justin. Can I get a classic? Here it comes. Hugh Gulak versus Zach Sabre Jr. This match delivered. Yes, it did. It fucking did. Jesus fucking Christ. Um <laughs> You know, I, love it. I love it. That that that's all I gotta say. Um, um, you know, and and once again, the storytelling. You know, that's one thing. Yeah, these guys are amazing athletes, and they're great wrestlers. Um, but the storytelling they've been doing throughout this tournament has been amazing. You know, and that's why we're that's why we're still talking about six years later. I mean, yes, the athletic ability of these guys is off the fucking charts, but um, you know, and Gulak's feeling disrespected. You know, he's like, why the fuck is Zack Sabre Jr. the best wrestler in the world? Let me show you the fuck the best wrestler in the world is. Um, and he presses the advantage. I mean, he starts the beginning of the match, and he just he goes right after ZSJ. He's like, I'm going to whip this dude's fucking ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, then ZSJ, that, that escapology. Um, yeah, so, I mean, showcases both these guys' ability right off the bat. So um, He is just... Zach Sabre Jr. is just 
there's times where I look at them and I'm just like, oh, okay. But then there's times I watch them and I just go, I am just physically stunned by how he can get out of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I got my notes on here. I could watch Zack Sabre Jr. all day. Um, He's I really outstanding. Did. Literally outstanding. But I could watch Zack Sabre Jr. work a guy who can work like him all week. And Drew, <sighs> and Drew Gulak is that guy. Yes, easily. Um, I just wish the WWE would do something with them instead of just feeding them to people. Yeah, except getting chopped by Walter every fucking week. So, um, oh my god, you know. So I mean, he doesn't. I mean, I haven't seen him outside of it, but he doesn't have the best. I mean, give him a manager, um, or team him with somebody. I mean, he he had that match with Brian, and I just go, how did they not see that? And remember that and go, look how good he is. Why are we not using him? You know, they should team up with now that Randy Orton's hurt. Um, nice little catch riddle. point. Like, Dude. Looking. <sighs> It'd be a good transition, you know. Um, <sighs> I mean, if Gulak, I, I mean, it would be pretty awesome to see because imagine Gulak kind of, Turn Riddle serious. Yeah. That would be terrifying. Yeah. And maybe Riddle turns, you know, Gulak a little more fun loving. So, um, the shit writes itself. Give me a call, Vince. You know, I don't even watch the main roster and I can write the shit for you if I want to. So, <laughs> um, you know, and I love Matt Riddle. I could talk all day about that guy, but that's He's a, incredible. Yeah. Question maybe he's made some questionable decisions, but I don't know. I was there, but that's not our story itself. Um, as far as I knew, that whole situation got cleared up. Yeah. So I don't know why people still bring it up. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking too. So um, but who knows? Um, but man, um, yeah, they they start out and they just keep switching moves, you know, going in and out of each other's moves the entire time. But then um Gulak gets uh, ZSG in that goddamn Rory uh, Rory Guerrero special thing where he's got oh, him on his back. Freaking sickening. Oh, dude. And then he brings his arms and he's pulling like an arm press. He literally crossed his arms when he pulled them. And I'm like, that is insane. Um, and kudos. And let's like say this is, this is one thing. Obviously, the WWE excels at. But, dude, the camera work there, perfect. This is a perfectly produced, like, from the ref to the two guys in the ring to the guys working the cameras. Um, this really showed in this match. I mean, it just shows, you know, why eating vegetarian yoga works. Cause I mean, you do that to me, man, my fucking shoulders, you know, on the other side of the ring. You know, I like how they had that top down camera too, from the, uh, from the opposite side. Yeah. So you could see Zach's face. That was, Oh, man. So, so good. Um, and also that's one thing I love, but like, I don't know how to explain it, but he, he'll like, he'll like bring people down, like with his feet, like he won't trip them, but he'll like use his feet to like kind of leverage them down to the ground. I'm not explaining that very well, but dude, he's so fucking good. That That's all I can say. Uh, and, just yeah. incredible. Yeah. And I love how this turned into a slap match too. I love that, that exchange there where yeah. Zach slaps him twice and he's like egging him on and Gulak hits him once, and that just drops him. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. And once again, yeah, the camera worked. They're zooming in. They're like, he's out. 
He's on his Zach knees, is buddy. like he's one out. of the best sellers, I have to say, because the yeah. guy makes every move look, even the simplest thing, look like it just wiped him out. Yeah. Facial expression says it all every time. Like yeah. when he got that's like that whole slap exchange when he took he gets two he gets one from Drew and his face just is like whoa he just slapped the hell out of me yeah oh that dude and I'm I'm glad he's doing well um he's having a really good run in New Japan for wrestling so I'm still um, waiting for the day that I hear that he won the the IWGP title I'm still waiting for it I want Jeff Cobb to win it first but I think him second. I am I'm I'm waiting for it. I just keep expecting it that one day I'm gonna like go on and I'm just gonna like see on Twitter and just see that Zach Saber Jr. won the world title and I'm gonna be like, I knew it was coming. I yeah, knew it was coming. And I don't get why it took so long. Yeah. I mean, another guy. I, I don't know why they didn't zap him up unless he didn't want to come to WWE. I can't imagine they didn't throw a boatload of money at him. I mean, he teamed with one of my favorite guys, so he teamed with Tai Chi, so yeah, uh, and I like Tai Chi. He's amazing. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, because he was. I, th- I don't think he was. I know we talked about this last. I should have probably looked it up, but um, he had a deep run in the Battle of Los Angeles in 2016. Shortly after this, too, so fantastic. Uh, but uh, the finish, Justin, my fucking god, I don't even know how to explain it. The uh, British clutch. I love it. Uh yeah. Yeah, Gulak goes for the dragon sleeper. Um and somehow Zack Saber Jr. transitions into some kind of weird fucking pin. Yep, um, the British clutches it's called. That's what Kevin Kelly calls it all the time. Okay. I I, I don't even know how I call what yeah. Um it's amazing because how in the world does he go from dropping back, pressing down on the arms, and he just bridges up, and I'm like, that is and he's holding his arms too. Yeah. And I'm like, that is the most like innovative looking pen I've ever seen. Yeah. And then, um, you know, and Gulak does give him a, a quick handshake. I mean, he can't fault him for being upset, but uh, yeah, and it's great to see both these guys are, are still gainfully employed and deservedly yes. so. So, yes. Um, and then I've seen this, yeah, great job. I mean, the, and the ref in this match is a ref I've never seen before. But the refs, too, these are all new refs. I don't know who, what, where, when. But they've been fucking killing it this entire time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the ref in this match did a great job. And like, yeah, like you said, I mean, you know, we had the, the view of, of Gulak doing the arm press, but then the reverse view of, you know, up above of, you know, ZSJ just fucking, you know, man. Just that, that face of pain right now. Like, oh my God. Yeah. So then the next round, Noam Dar versus Zach Saber Jr. Dude. It's going to be another technical classic. Dude. Man. I, uh, yeah, they just, just when I think they can't top themselves, they, they do somehow. So <laughs> they're like, we just gave you a technical, an amazing technical match. How about another one? Yeah. Um, man, this is, uh, this is a lot of fucking fun. Um, and that, <laughs> and yeah, that match delivered, but to our main event for the round. So, Johnny Gargano versus TJ Perkins. Um, now, I'm trying not to get a little irritated, but they were kind of playing up like Gargano had just wrestled at TakeOver. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine these were filmed live. For I mean, these were all taped ahead of time, right? 
No, these were live. No shit. Yeah, these were all live. Oh. So he legitimately had wrestled at Takeover on Saturday and then Wednesday wrestled the Cruiserweight Classic. Oh, no shit. Yep. I stand corrected. Well, that makes it even fucking crazier because um, we'll talk about GSG and, and the Battle of Los Angeles. So that motherfucker did that in between these matches because that's that's Labor Day weekend. And this yeah. came out like late September or early September. Mm-hmm. Holy fuck me running. Are you, wow. <laughs> I just assumed they were taped. Yeah, no. All the Cruiserweight Classic thing was live. Wow. Kudos to you, Triple H. Holy shit. I stand corrected. So, um, yeah, a couple days ago. It was executed perfectly, this whole tournament. Just amazing. Um, So, yeah, so Johnny Gargano had had gone to – so I'm assuming it was a tag team match, obviously, right? So it was DIY versus the Revival. Yep. Um, I need to go back and rewatch that. Dude, that rivalry. Outstanding. Yeah. It's right up there with the American Alpha, like, yeah. revival feud. And, like, it's just outstanding. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so glad FTR is getting their flowers now. Um, they are so fucking good. The best tag team today, hands down. I wouldn't quite say hands down, but pretty fucking well. They beat the Briscoe, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have an argument. You're right. I mean, just yeah. outstanding. So good. Um, but okay, uh, back to the so Johnny Gargano, um, as part of DIY, obviously he'd mended fences with Ciampa. Um, got his ass kicked uh by the revival at takeover. And um, so obviously he's still feeling some pain. And obviously he had that war with Ciampa a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, and I thought something was kind of prophetic. Um, TJP was talking his little promo ahead of time that you know, he's like, you know, this tournament, you know, this time in history. Uh, we're gonna look back this and this this is a this is a um a game changer. And my name's gonna be right on that. I'm obviously, you know, he probably knows it's gonna win the tournament, but he was right. I mean, the impact of this tournament was felt for years. Um, just not the way we thought it would be. Um yeah. you know, it wasn't it wasn't WWE that felt the impact, you know. Um over like we're, yeah, we're still talking about it, and they're still talking about this fucking match. So mm-hmm. um Let's see here. Um, oh, yeah. You know, and, and TJP is killing it right now on the best of Super Juniors. Um, and, yeah, and Johnny Gargano, he was dragging – and Gra- and Dragon Gate had some huge fucking names, but 800 days. Wow. Yeah. I mean, Johnny Gargano is a fucking champ. That's the bottom line. Um, you know, I, I'm glad he got all the, all the credit he deserves. So, um, yeah, so we get uh, get into the match. Um you know, it, it goes as you'd expect. and But every time, well, not as you'd expect, but, I mean, these two just two of the best. Obviously, Gargano's nursing a bad knee, but he's he's a, he's a, he's a fighter. Um, but every time I see that goddamn surfboard, oh don't like anybody. You know, I got my notes here. I mean, if you put me in a surfboard, I'd be tapping in 30 seconds before you even put it on. Oh, uh, that move, I would never want to be in it, ever. And, like, obviously, some submissions you can do so it doesn't hurt quite as bad, but I don't know how you do anything with that surfboard. 
I don't know how that move doesn't hurt. There's no way. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, they battle back and forth, and then Gargano goes outside. But that fucking uh, knee shot he took on the table when he yeah. flipped over. Oh. I love how the crazy thing was I, the, the whole knee not coming into play until after that, after that the entire time. And I was like, yeah, damn. It was literally one slip up. That's all yeah. TJP needed. Yeah. And um, and then uh, they're both battling outside, but I don't know if you caught this, but, uh, you know, Morrow missed up the count. He thought the ref was at eight. Yeah, he thought the ref, the ref was, was at eight. He's only at four. <laughs> and Morrow's like, oops, it looks like I can't count, folks. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. I mean, just lean into it like he did. You fuck up, you fuck up. Um, thank you, Morrow. So That's- many New Japan references, like, um, yeah commentary for like this whole like tournament it seems like yeah Moro I mean, really knows his Japanese wrestling like that's amazing yeah I mean Minoru Suzuki's names are brought up at least half a dozen times easy mm-hmm. um, but um let's yeah and then TJP did like three moves I've never even seen including like a, a reverse lung blower thing they yeah that move is amazing he hit the detonation kick. He got yeah. that like double like reverse into the gut buster. I was like, that move is insane. Yeah. I was like, what are you doing? And then um, you know, and then the first oh yeah, speaking of knees, so Gargano's going for that lawn dart and he can't make it across the ring. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, but he does nail it later. Um, that's an impressive move. Huh? That's a very weird spot, though, like that, that he couldn't do it before. But now it's like I, I when I first seen it, like watching it live, I was like, oh, but he couldn't do it before. But now he can. And I was like, maybe it was just the whole like, you know, the adrenaline pumping through his body that just gave him enough to suck to suck it up and just go for it. I'm like, all right, that's that's just- yeah, I kind of wish they would have kind of sold that a little bit differently on commentary, but it, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but dude, yeah, that fucking move is yeesh. crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and TJ Perkins told it like a champ, but I was like, damn, I'm glad you're able to walk, dude. Jesus. Yeah. Um, what about that kick from TJP? That spin kick he kicked him in the chin. Oh. Yeah, I mean Johnny has amazing selling too. Yeah, oh, dude, I mean he's not afraid to take a hit, and he'll make it look good too every time. Oh yeah, I mean, well, I mean that match with Champa, that elbow he took, I'm still fucking, yeah. I'm still ringing in my Just, goddamn ears. The sound it makes every time is yeah. nuts, and I love how they have the slow mo of it in the beginning video. Yeah, and it just you see it connect, you see the spit go flying, and I'm like, that is incredible. You know, I mean, first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, you know, and I, I wish nothing best for this, best for Johnny Gargano. Um, you know, it'd be interesting to see what their kid does. I mean, he's got great genes. So, um, yeah, towards the end of the match, um, you know, Gargano gets in a super kick, uh, goes for the pump handle slam, um, but TJP reverses it um, for a vicious fucking knee bar. Um, and one thing, I mean, obviously Gargano is selling the shit out of this move, um, but he's literally clawing the mat. Mm-hmm. Cool. You don't see that very often. And the camera caught it. 
I mean, like his his fingernails were dug into the mat. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Um, I like how TJ does this though when he's got him in like the regular knee bar. Like he has him in the regular like knee bar, and it's like he's waiting. He's like he's gonna get close. He's gonna get close, and then he put him in the key lock style. Like he bent yep. the other leg over and locked it in. And I was like, that was it. There you go. Yeah, great storytelling. And then uh, the one, two, three. Um, so next round we are getting uh, TJ Perkins versus uh, the aforementioned Rich Swan. Um, it's gonna be a great matchup, you know. And once again, I mean. Um, Dan O'Brien and uh, Morrow's enthusiasm, um, especially the last couple matches, um, seemed a lot more genuine than earlier. Yes. You know, you know we're not they're, – they're, obviously, they're – I mean, Daniel Bryan's getting used to the call. Morrow's – I mean, Morrow, dude's a fucking genius. That's the bottom line. Um, you know, and, and you're teaming together. So, I mean, it does take a little while to get that chemistry. Um, oh, but, yeah, but, yeah, their enthusiasm really, really showed, especially this match. Uh, the Brian Kendrick match, um, obviously Cedric Alexander, you know, you know, it was a genuine, genuine, I mean, these guys are just glad to be there and they're good at what they do. So, I mean, Mora was the best, was the best like commentator at the time. So easily. I mean, dude, his own catchphrase get over. Yeah. The mama Mia, that is just, yeah. People shout that, you know, so. Plus, WWE's YouTube channel put up a couple of videos of him where they have the the, the commentary table camera, so you yeah. could see his reaction the entire time during oh, matches yeah. and takeovers. Loved it. Yeah, some people hate that thinking it's oversold, but I'm like, dude, I mean, you want enthusiasm and right? you want a commentator that seems like he's like enjoying the shit out of this. Like, come yeah. on, you want a commentator that feels like it's a fan, aka yeah. like Pat McAfee nowadays. Pat McAfee, that dude, kudos to that. I know we've talked about that guy before, but man, I am a fan. So, what do you got? Okay. Okay. Um, Well, Justin, pull this train in the station here, but a little uh, brief overview. Uh, They call it the Great Eight, and dude, they are not fucking kidding. (laughs) This tournament is the absolute pinnacle right now um you know unfortunately i do know who wins i uh, saw so mm-hmm. i know the result of at least one match but i'm intrigued to see where they go oh uh, you'll love it you know i'm kind of hoping one thing doesn't happen but we'll see um yeah this is exciting i mean zsj versus fucking noam dar are you kidding me there's one other match in here that's actually you wouldn't expect to be as good, but it's really good. Man. Yeah. And do we, um, I don't remember. I think I asked you this before, but do we get like some extra matches too? Like, or any like loser? I mean, I think you said that we don't get any, it's just the, there is more, there is more, but I think like, but that's like near the ending. Okay. Um, yeah. And then next week, high fivers, we are going to cover, uh, the grade eight, uh, the final four and then the final match. So, Justin, I can't believe we're four weeks into this already. It's amazing. It's been such a blast doing this. Yeah. Um, you know, and I will try, and I do apologize. I'll try to be better at Twitter. Um, sorry it took me so long to post this, but yeah, thanks to everybody for the feedback. I, I will give proper shout outs next week. 
Um, I do apologize. I forgot to write those down. But thank you to everybody that's listening, uh, that hit either me or Justin up with feedback. Um, we appreciate you all. And this has been a fuck of a ride. And Justin, obviously, thanks to you uh, for doing this. Man, this, is, this has been a blast. And thanks to you for letting me come on this. because uh, We're in this together. And I have a feeling this is not going to be our last showcase either. So I think we're going to have to bust out that UK tournament in a couple months. So. Yes. Um, but cool. Yeah, Justin, um, anything Yeah, anything uh, updates on uh, listening? You guys busted out a couple episodes this week, right? We put out like four during the weekend. <laughs> we we were <laughs> we missed our usual upload, like like release, like episodes. Like our schedule got all discombobulated. So I was just like, "Do you want to just do an entire weekend drop?" And he's like, "Sure, why not?" I was like, "Let's do it." Nice. Four episodes. Two episodes on Saturday. Two episodes on sun on Sunday, and then this week we're going back to our normal schedule. So. Nice. It'll be two on Thursday and two on Saturday. Awesome. Well, yeah, you guys keep killing it, man. Like I told you before, Justin, I mean, yeah, you guys, I mean, for, for new podcasters, you guys are fucking killing it. So thank you. I appreciate yeah. that a lot. Yeah. So, all right. Well, Justin, I know it's getting late by you, but dude, thank you again. Um, this is awesome. You got one more week uh, and I'm fucking excited. So I am ready for this one. All right. Well, high fivers. We'll see everybody next week. And Justin, I will talk to you later. Righty.